If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hello and welcome to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am Movie Mike on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Distro. I think a lot of you guys might be joining me here for the very first time. I've had some guests on the past couple of episodes and I think has actually turned on some new listeners to checking out the podcast. So if you are here, welcome. If you've been checking out some of the back episodes, thanks for doing that. Just kind of want to explain who I am if you have no idea really who this guy is who rants about movies every single week. So my name is Mike. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I moved here from Austin, Texas, and I've been in Nashville for about four years now. And I grew up, didn't have a whole lot. I didn't really go to the movies a whole lot as a kid, but I watched a lot of things on TV. And then my cousin would let me borrow his VHS tapes a lot. And that's really how I got into movies. And then as I grew up, I would kind of find myself going to the movies a lot and really enjoying that process. And up until about this year, I would probably go to the movies at least three, sometimes four times a month to watch all the latest new movies. But once movie theaters got got shut down, I kind of shifted how I did this podcast and how I approached talking about movies. But that's what you get when you listen to this podcast. It's always movie themed. I'm always talking about them either with the guest or I find a different kind of topic to explore and talk about movies in a different way each week. And actually what I'm starting this week is a brand new four-part series where I'm talking about the most famous movies set in each state. I'll explain what that means coming up in the actual segment, but if you want to get in on this, you can go to my Twitter and comment on the top post with your state and the most famous movie to come out of there. And it's kind of an interactive thing I want to do here to get you guys involved of what you guys think is the most famous movie too. So I have my list going and then I'm also changing it with what you guys send in. So that's also what I like to do on this podcast is get you guys involved too and your ideas on movies. And I kind of mold the episodes based on that. So it's really big to follow me on Twitter or Instagram too, to begin in on that as well. So I like to keep it interactive. I like to keep you guys involved and just, like that you're here hanging out if you're here for the first time and if you don't mind hit that subscribe button hit that like button wherever you're listening to follow the podcast and you get brand new episodes every single monday and if you're listening over on apple Podcasts, they have this feature where you can rate and review a podcast leave that five star rating because it helps me kind of 
climb up the movie category. There's some other movie podcasts that are just above me and I want to kind of climb up there so more people can come here. And the more people that get over here, the more people get involved and the better and bigger the episodes can be. So that's what we do around here. And that's just a little about me and myself and what I like to do on this podcast. So if you love movies, if you know somebody who loves movies, tell them about it too. And I also like to keep these episodes spoiler free. I want everybody to be able to listen to these episodes and not worry about, you know, ruining a movie that you're going to end up going to watch because I know how bad that sucks. And if I do end up getting into a review with a guest that we end up spoiling a movie, I'll always give you a warning that, hey, a spoiler alert is coming. So if you want to come back and listen to that part of the podcast, I'll always take care of that. So I'll never do you wrong on that front. So again... What we're doing on this episode is talking about the most famous movies from each state. I'm starting with a certain part of the country this week. It'll be the Northeast, and then I'll go through all four regions of the United States throughout this entire series. I'm also going to be reviewing the new Jamie Foxx movie on Netflix called Project Power. And then later on in the episode, I have a special guest who is reviewing a movie that came out when I was his age. It's a movie called Sky High. And I saw it was celebrating its 15-year anniversary, so I was like, you know, what if I could get somebody to review that movie and see if it holds up over time? So a sky-high review with a special guest at the very end of this episode, so stick around to listen to the entire thing if you want to find out who that is and what that's about. All right, I think that's all I got to say going into this episode. Hope you enjoy this series that'll take place over the next four weeks. And uh, without any further ado, let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast... One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, here we go. Starting a brand new series here on the podcast. The best movies set in each state. So the question was pretty simple that I threw out on Twitter. I just said, hey, what's the most famous movie to ever come out and be about your state? Hit me with that movie and hit me with the state. And the response was pretty incredible. There was literally like over 600, 700 replies. And I went through all of them just kind of putting together this list. And I decided, well, why not turn this into a series on the podcast? There's just so much to go through. I felt like cramming it all into one would be too much, but I think a four-part series will do this justice. So I'm going region by region of the United States and going after every state and finding the movie that properly and most in every way embodies that state. So before I get into this week, I am doing the Northeast. Before we get into that, I just want to set the stage on the criteria here. So this will be what I use to determine every single movie in every single state Throughout this entire series, let's just set the rules now. So first of all, plain and simple, the movie has to take place in that state. It has nothing to do where the movie was filmed, because I know some people were like, oh, this movie was filmed, you know, right down the street from me, but it actually takes place in a different state. It has nothing to do where it was filmed. A bunch of movies are filmed in different locations all the time, but where they're actually set in the story is what we're looking at here. The other thing I'm looking at is what movie really kind of embodies that state in every way, like whether it's showing geographical locations and important like significant events throughout history from that state or just other things that really kind of highlight what it means to live in that state, what life is like in that state, and also just what movies people actually associate with these parts of the country. I think all of that goes together and defines each single movie that I'm picking in this series. 
And a lot of you guys kind of helped me decide when it came down to the final, like, two or three movies, like, which one is actually like, okay, that is that state. And I know I'm starting with the Northeast today, but I'm also going to be going through, over the next four weeks, I'll do the Midwest, the South, and then the West. So if you haven't had your state talked about yet, you can go to my Twitter, at Mike Distro. I'll pin this tweet at the very top and comment what you think the most important and famous movie to come out of your state is. And then I'll be sure to include that when I, you know, I'm going through the entire list. So if you haven't got to your state yet in this podcast and you want your voice to be heard, just go over to my Twitter and send me a reply on that. And I'll add it in throughout the entire series. The other ones that were just hard for me to include were road trip movies where you start in one state and end up in a different state. I felt like those, even though they start off based in one state, when you kind of move over different locations, it's harder for it to really fit into this category. So those movies probably won't end up making the list. So if you're thinking about one that's like starts in one state and ends up in another state and goes to another state, probably not the best one for this series. So just the movie that outright is about that state is what we're looking for here. So those are the rules. That'll be the entire series over the next four weeks. But right now, let's get into the Northeast, starting first with Maine. And let me just say that I have done a lot of traveling in my life, mostly in the last four years or so. And I think the Northeast is probably the region I've been to the least. I've been to about 42 or 43 of all the United States, and most of the ones I haven't been to are actually in the Northeast. And I think because I hadn't been there growing up as a kid, the Northeast was always like a really cool place for me to like visualize. And I think I saw it a lot through movies. It was always just had a really cool vibe up there. And places like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, like all those places in my head were like really cool places that I'd like to go someday. And getting to see some of these places later in life has been really cool. So I like the Northeast a lot. And there's just something about a movie set there that makes it feel like a movie, if that makes sense. I just feel like that's like a perfect backdrop for a lot of classic movies. So let's start with Maine. So I think a lot of people wanted to say The Shawshank Redemption, which is, of course, a very iconic movie. But when I think of Shawshank Redemption, nothing comes to mind of Maine because it's set in a prison that happens to be located in Maine. I think it was actually filmed in a different state, but still says that it was taking place in Maine. A very famous movie, but when I think Shawshank Redemption, I don't think Maine. And the movie I am going with is It. So you have the old school original and the new It both take place in a fictional town called Derry, Maine. And why I thought this one is the most famous movie to come out of Maine, because a lot of this story pertains to this fictional town in Maine. And everything from, you know, the neighborhoods that it takes place in, the creepy house that it lives in, and, you know, them kind of riding around on their bikes in this kind of small, fictional town in Maine. I feel a lot of that kind of comes out, even the stuff when they go out in nature. And just the lifestyle these kids are living, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the state it's taking place in. And I like the idea of this taking place in a fictional town because it is a horror movie where a lot of it is based on the city and the history in the city and the, you know, the whole mystery behind who it is and what he is doing to these kids. I like the idea of it being a small fictional town in Maine that's kind of creepy on its own in a way. And there's just something about the story of them, you know, all finding out how it is coming back and they all have to go back to this small town that I think adds a lot to this movie and I feel is just the most impactful movie to come out and be based in Maine. So with Maine, I'm going with it. Moving on now to New Hampshire. Now, of all the states I've researched so far, I've found the least on New Hampshire. And I basically got it down to two movies, which are Mr. Deeds and Jumanji. 
and both really great movies. And actually, I'm going to go with Jumanji, one of my favorite movies as a kid. And also, like I said, the Northeast just has like this perfect backdrop for movies, especially one set in fall. You know, you have those trees and all the leaves falling. You can't really get that anywhere else. And in the original Jumanji, I think that really comes out, you know, to the style of houses, to the history of the businesses there. I think all of that kind of comes to play in this movie. And this is my favorite movie to be placed in New Hampshire. And even the new one had some elements and references to the town. Of course, not as prominent as the original, which I think the original is probably better than the remake, even though I ended up enjoying that one too. Just a different take on it, but I feel I'm going to put the original Jumanji as being the most famous movie from New Hampshire. Moving on to Vermont, I think this is a pretty easy one. Dead Poet Society takes place in a Vermont boarding school. A really great movie. I love Robin Williams. And Vermont is one of those states that I've never had the chance to visit. Another movie that made me want to visit Vermont was Johnny Tsunami, which he lives in Hawaii, but moves to Vermont and goes from surfing to snowboarding. So that was a close second on this, but I still feel Johnny Tsunami may be more of a Hawaii movie than it is a Vermont movie. But it really doesn't get better than Dead Poet Society for Vermont, so I'm going with that one. And now we get to Massachusetts. Arguably, probably the biggest state to have so many great movies come out of it. Like, besides, New, I think even more so than New York and California, there's just something about all the movies made in Massachusetts that there's just so many great ones. And I think a lot of it has to do with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, having just such a big impact on movies coming out of Massachusetts, and even just Boston in particular. So many great movies that I had to narrow it down to pretty much the three biggest movies, I think, are Goodwill Hunting, The Town, and The Departed. And I'm strongly leaning towards The Town. I feel like that movie, The Town just had such a great way of, you know, describing this part of Boston and showing the really grittier side. But aside of that, it's just a really great action and drama that the first time I watched it kind of just had me on the edge of my seat. And there's a lot of, you know, Boston in there. There's a lot of Massachusetts in there. Everything from all the scenery that they show, but also just the accents and the way of life there, even though this is kind of a grittier part, like the underbelly, because you got these four friends from Charleston. And I just think this movie has such a great way of showing a different side of Massachusetts. And of these three movies, comparing Goodwill Hunting to Departed in the town, I just think the town shows something a little more unique. So this is a pretty close race, really three great contenders here. But if I had to go with one being the most famous because of what it represents, I'm going with the town. Let's move on to Rhode Island. I think there's one clear-cut winner here. It's a movie starring Jim Carrey called Me, Myself, and Irene. I remember when this movie came out, I thought it was like the funniest thing ever. It's Jim Carrey who plays a Rhode Island state trooper who ends up adapting a split personality. I just love the story in this movie. It's funny. His kids are funny in this. A really underrated Jim Carrey movie, too. I get it. It's a little wacky. It's a little... Low brow, maybe even a little bit gimmicky, but I like how Jim Carrey took this role on, and it shows a lot of Rhode Island. And I have to say it, most famous movie to come out of Rhode Island, Me, Myself, and Irene. Moving on now to Connecticut. Now, a movie I actually didn't realize was based in Connecticut was Beetlejuice, which is a great movie, but I feel that one, it could almost be placed anywhere. There's not a whole lot to have to do with the state. Another one in consideration was Stepford Wise, but the one I saw the most tweets and Instagram messages about was Mystic Pizza, which was actually not Julia Roberts' debut movie. Her first movie was actually a movie called Firehouse, which came out the year before. But this is really the movie that kind of made her a breakout star. But it was the debut movie for Matt Damon. 
And this is a movie that really didn't do so well when it came out in theaters, but it kind of has a cult following now, probably mainly because of Julia Roberts and the fact that it's the first time you ever see Matt Damon in a movie. But I mean, it's all about this pizza parlor. You got a small fishing town of Mystic, Connecticut. Looks like Connecticut, feels like Connecticut. All that makes it the most famous movie, I say, to come out of Connecticut. So going with Mystic Pizza here. All right, now we're moving on to a big one, New York. And you could argue that there's so many great movies that have just so much history in New York. So it's really hard to determine what's the most famous movie ever to come out of New York. It was really hard to even just narrow down. I would argue that New York, California probably have the biggest movies ever, mainly because you got California, Hollywood, all that stuff are just naturally set in California. But New York is pretty much a location that has a life of its own. I remember the first time I visit New York and walking just down the street feels like you're in a movie. It feels like something is happening at every single moment that you're there. Like it feels when you're in New York city in particular that everybody is there for a reason and things feel more cinematic. I remember the first time I walked on to Times Square, it straight up felt like it was the opening scene of a movie. So therefore, so many movies are placed there and around there because it's just such a natural backdrop for any kind of action. You put anything there and it feels like a movie. So narrowing it down to movies that work not only that the fact that they are taking place in New York City, but also really you know, bring life to the story because of its surroundings. So I kind of got it down to movies the best I could because there's just so many. So what I have on my list is Ghostbusters, which I feel like could take place no other place in New York City. Taxi Driver, which is basically the precursor to Joker that came out last year. American Psycho, another great movie. And then you may laugh at me about this one, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is such a great New York movie. And then you kind of have to throw in the Avengers in there because the first Avengers has a really big part that it takes place in New York because throughout the entire series of all the Marvel movies, you know, they reference New York of, you know, the day that event took place. And I felt like a lot of that movie and that big fight scene at the very end, it was so important that it took place in New York because through the entire time you just reference New York and you know what they're talking about, talking about the first Avengers. But the movie I'm going to go with, and you guys may laugh at me on this one, just because there's so many movies that come out of New York and New York City, this one I felt had everything that I was looking for in a movie about New York. It was a big part of my childhood. And, you know, the main reason I wanted to visit New York was, was because of this movie. Again, don't laugh, but I'm going with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one. Now, everything from the opening scenes to that movie where it's just showing montages of the city. It's showing taxis. It's showing people eating big slices of thin crust pizza. It's the Ninja Turtles living underneath the sewer of New York City and then fighting crime in New York City. There's just so much you can learn about the city from this movie, and I feel everything about it embodies that. And I think even the city of New York has kind of adopted the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as being from New York. I remember the first time I went there also that... Landing in the airport, they have, you know, like paintings and pictures of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles advertising the city. So I think when you think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, when you think New York City, you associate it automatically with them living underneath the sewer. Therefore, I'm putting them as the most famous movie to come out of New York City and be based there. Write it down, take a picture. There you go. Moving on now to Pennsylvania. I think there's a clear cut winner here. A second close was Gettysburg. But undeniably, the movie that's the most famous to come out of Philadelphia is Rocky and all the sequels that followed it. So much so that they have 
a statue in Philadelphia of Rocky that I have actually gone to and made it a point to go and visit and see and take a picture in front of it just because of how iconic this movie is. Everything from the locations he visits in this movie and just the overall feel and, you know, the underdog story of Rocky, it all has to do with him being in Philadelphia. So clear-cut winner here. I think there's very little argument that Rocky is the biggest movie to come out of Pennsylvania. A lot of people agreed on Twitter, so that's what we're going with. All right, one state left here to wrap up the Northeast. So New Jersey, there's just something special about New Jersey. I haven't met anybody from New Jersey that wasn't passionate about being from New Jersey. And there's something about movies set there that have a different feel to them. And it kind of has their personality inside of the movie. So some movies I want to include Friday the 13th, even though it's based in a fictional part of New Jersey. There's just so many Jason movies going back to Crystal Lake and that location of that camp that it would be a dishonor not to include it when mentioning New Jersey. You also have a movie called Garden State, straight up what the state is named after, which was a really big indie movie and one I really enjoyed with Zach Braff and Natalie Portman. And a lot of that movie just kind of surrounds New Jersey. There's so much about it in that movie that I feel it's a really close second. But there's another movie and a whole series of movies that I just think embodies New Jersey even more. The one I'm going with, and it's all of Kevin Smith's movies, So I'm going to go with Clerks, which I think is his best movie. But what I love about Kevin Smith is he sets all of his characters and just puts so much of New Jersey into all of his movies, whether it's Clerks, Mallrats, Jay and Silent Bob, Jersey Girl. Like all of these movies have to do with these characters and them living in various parts of the state. And he just shows so much pride in the fact that he is. And he just shows so much pride the fact that he was born in New Jersey And then all of his characters are from there too. You know, everything in the View Askew universe all just primarily take place in his home state in New Jersey. So I think without a doubt, Kevin Smith is really the go-to guy filmmaker for New Jersey. Really kind of put them on a map in a different way. So there we go. We have made it through part one of a four-part series going through the most famous movies from every single state. If your movie from your state didn't make it, I'm sorry. But if you're from the Midwest, the South, or the West and want to get your pick in, again, just go to my Twitter, at Mike Distro. The tweet is pinned at the very top and reply with your state and the movie most famous from there. And I'll put it into consideration as I go out through the series. I hope you guys enjoyed this, mainly because I'm looking to do three more of these. (laughs) Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into a movie review now. Let's talk about the movie Project Power, which dropped on Netflix over the weekend. was pretty much number one every single day. You got Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Dominique Fishbag, Machine Gun Kelly. And the movie's about a former soldier who is Jamie Foxx in the movie, who teams up with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who's a cop. And they try to find the source behind a dangerous pill that essentially gives these people temporary superpowers for about five minutes and not giving anything away there. That's just kind of what they set up in the trailer. Before I get into the review of this movie, here's just a little bit of Project Power. It can make you strong. make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. You push that power, don't you? Yeah. On the streets, they're talking about superpowers, but they're not talking about how one hit could kill you. What's the plan now? Took something from me. I gotta get it back. Something? Oh, someone. First of all, going into this movie, I like the premise of it. They kind of sold it as, hey, if there was this pill that gave you this crazy superpowers, but just for five minutes, would you take it? And that's kind of what they show in the trailer. And what you kind of learn about this pill, it doesn't really have a really definite origin in the very beginning. So maybe like the first five, ten minutes, you're a little bit confused what's going on. But then you see somebody actually take a pill and essentially turns them into some kind of superhero developed with some strange power, but it only lasts for a short amount of time. So what I liked about this movie is it kind of plays the balance between a just straight on action movie and a superhero film. And also that the star role is Jamie Foxx, who sometimes black actors don't really get superhero roles or sci-fi roles. Like those worlds kind of don't collide all the time. So I think seeing that in this movie was pretty special. And I think that worked a lot. Like I like seeing Jamie Foxx in an action role. I buy into that character and I thought he was really good in that. So I like the fact that they made him the star of this movie. The story itself was pretty interesting. 
It takes a little bit to kind of find out what's going on in the movie and where they're going with it. You're kind of wondering whether or not Jamie Foxx is a good guy, is a bad guy. Like, what is he actually trying to do in the movie? So there's a little bit kind of in the first act where you're like, okay, where is this movie actually going? And then once it kind of feels out and you realize what the story is going to be and how his character is going to react to everything going on, you're like, okay, I'm kind of buying into this. And it does a really good job of kind of giving that superhero world in a way, but still kind of placing it into modern times and what would actually happen, you know, with crime and everything right now. I think the only thing I wanted more was more of the superhero powers, because I know it's the whole thing behind it is, you know, you take the pill and you have them for like five minutes. But I feel like there needed to be a little more action around that actual pill Aside from Jamie Foxx's character just trying to find the source of it because he's trying to get back his daughter in the movie. And then he's also fighting all these bad guys on the way to get to his daughter. But I felt like there should have been more people taking the actual pill and more things he kind of had to overcome that way. Like I wanted a little more of that kind of action. And with the kind of different premise, I felt it kind of also had to play that line of being almost borderline cheesy in a way to be like, okay, this is kind of dumb the way they're acting to it being a really kind of like gritty action filled and like you care about his character and you actually buy into it it kind of walked that fine line of it being a little cheesy and then also kind of gritty but again i think netflix is in a pretty good spot with these action movies lately i think this is kind of their their lane to go in i just kind of wish they would have went a little more harder into this one but i mean i throughout the entire movie i never found myself being bored sometimes it was a little bit of a lull in places but I was never like tuned out and like okay just wrap this up like I was entertained throughout the entire movie and the movie's only 90 minutes so I felt it did a pretty good job of keeping the pace going and keeping the story developing to where you never really was like okay just get this thing over with so I thought that was a pretty good win for them and I know this episode has also been all about like famous movies from states and obviously this movie just came out but there's no way it could be the famous movie from Louisiana but I do like the fact that it takes place in New Orleans and not only that is it's very much like they're establishing that this movie is taking place in New Orleans everything from Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character you know wearing the Saints jersey the references to the team and then the city and then they actually go down like by the Superdome and film some stuff by it so I felt like it was cool that it was in a different city that was in LA, that was in New York. It was like, okay, this movie is going to be set in New Orleans, and we're going to really buy into it. Like, this movie couldn't really have taken place anywhere else, so I really like that about the movie. And in addition to them incorporating the city, I thought this movie also looked cool. Like, the details in this movie, the shots in this movie, and overall, even, like, just the color on the screen, I thought it was, like, visually appealing. And the special effects were really great. Everything from Machine Gun Kelly's character kind of taking on the superpowers and looking really crazy. He actually like posted a picture on his Instagram of like the behind the scenes of it. That looked really cool. And somehow I've really become a Machine Gun Kelly fan this year. Like not only have I started listening to his music, but he's been popping up in a lot of movies I've been seeing. And I'm actually kind of enjoying him now as an actor and as a person. I think the next thing for him is probably to do a movie with his girlfriend, Megan Fox. Like, I would probably watch it now because I've become such a Machine Gun Kelly fan that I'm enjoying his work and I liked him in this movie too. And like I said, I love that Jamie Foxx is the star and they focused so much on him in this movie and it really pays off in every aspect of that. And I like him as a leading man. You know, I really would like to see him more in like superhero roles. I think he does a really great job at it. I remember when the sequel to The Amazing Spider-Man came out and he played one of the villains in that movie. That was my favorite thing going into it, like expecting to see. And I thought he did a really great job, even though that wasn't that great of a movie. So I like the fact that he has another shot at that. I think he does a really great job in this genre. He's just a really talented guy. Seems like a nice guy. 
I've never met him, but I've stood beside him once when he took a picture for Chris Pratt, which was a really weird experience, but that was my one interaction with Jamie Foxx. So just with that, I would like to see him do well. So overall, if I had to rate this movie, it, it really walks a fine line between a 3 and a 3.5 out of 5 pills. And I was thinking about it more today. I gave myself a moment to kind of reflect on the movie before I did a, you know, an instant review because sometimes my instant reaction is like, okay, I straight on hated or loved it. So I gave myself like a day to kind of sit on this and think about it. But I am going to go with 3.5 out of 5 pills because even the things I didn't like or thought maybe they needed more of never held me back from enjoying the movie. And it's also, I'm realizing more and more how much I am kind of depending on Netflix for new movies. With the ability, without the ability to go to the movie theater right now, I'm kind of really going to Netflix for movies, unlike I have before. Before, I would always go to the movie theater and only go to Netflix to watch TV shows. But now it's really become one of my main sources of watching new movies. And I think they're so close to being like my primary go-to and you know i'm really putting a lot into them to put out the best movies right now because it's really all i'm having to watch at home and i think this movie is really close to being not only a good streaming movie but it would have been an enjoyable movie theater movie but it also would have been a really good movie if i saw it in theaters maybe even enjoyed it a little more with like the big sound and the bigger screen but if you're looking for something to watch that has some action has some grit has some violence and also has you know, that sci-fi superhero element, I think this is perfect. It's almost like an Avengers movie meets like a John Wick. So I think if you're into that kind of category, I think give this movie a shot. At only about 90 minutes, it's not that big of an investment if you end up not liking it. But I think it's a pretty good watch. So again, Project Power 3.5 out of 5 pills. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess, the 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again, the First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances, and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on the podcast now, I have my girlfriend's little brother, Houston. What's up, man? What's up, guys? So why I wanted to bring you on the podcast is I saw a movie with that when I was 14 years old, just turned 15. So it came out 2005, and now in 2020, it's celebrating its 15-year anniversary. And I was like, what if I got you on to watch this movie to see if it holds up over time? Because I remember when it came out, I don't think it was a huge Disney movie, but for me, it was a movie I remember watching and thinking it was pretty cool, and one that I think would be cool for people to go back and watch and kind of see what you thought about it. Cause you're 14 years old, kind of like in the movie, which you're going to talk about. It's called sky high. It's about them going into their first year of high school, which you are too. Yeah. So what did you think about the movie watching it? Well, I've seen worse Disney movies in the first place. Okay. I've had, they have like high standards. Why? Because most Disney movies I've seen now, they're usually not as good as they used to be. So I was thinking, like, after, like, I like all the Disney movies from, like, the late 90s, like, all the original ones. Okay. So when I saw this movie, first thoughts of it, I thought it was funny. I liked it. For seeing the movie, and I was thinking, well, I'm 14, I usually don't watch any of these movies much more now. So as I was watching the movie, I thought it was really good. I just, for a Disney movie, I had a fun, lot of fun watching it. What was your favorite kind of superpower in the movie? Oh, super speed. Oh, the yeah. speed? Yeah. So if you could have any kind of speed or any kind of superpower, what would it be? Would it be super speed? It would be super speed. What about that is like what you want to do with it? Because I, I kind of thought about this and I was thinking, like, I think everybody wants to fly. Like, that would be kind of the coolest thing. Like, okay, being able to fly would be cool. And they do that do that in this movie. But I kind of think like Wolverines, like being able to heal yourself would be the best superpower. That is a good power because you're almost in a way immortal. Yeah, because there's no situation you can be in that you can't get out of. Like, if you can only fly or go fast, I feel like that can only get you so far. And I'm, I was also thinking, like, what if you run into something going fast and you just, like, obliterate into pieces? Well, then you're dead. <laughs> you're dead. But if, if you have the ability to regenerate yourself and heal over time, I think that's kind of, like, the OG superpower. I mean, that is really superpower. The reason I like super speed is because... When you're running, you can move. At your, you feel like you're at your own pace. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you'd run into anything. Because to you, you're just running. But to everyone else, you're like hitting the dash. Like, <laughs> Have you seen that scene from X-Men, Quicksilver? In yeah. That or he's running through the house, and it's all in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. He's grabbing all the kids and the goldfish <laughs> and throwing them out. That's why I think super speed would be super overpowered. Because... That was only in like a span of two seconds, but the the movie clip went over in like it slows down. five minutes. 
so when you watch this movie, like it came out 15 years ago, did it look old to you? It did not look that old. It was a little bit. Okay. It looked it looked fine to me. It did not look that old. When you like when you, as far back as like movies go, where does it like get to like okay, I, this feels like an old movie to me. Is it early 2000s? Cuz you were born in what? 2006. So anything before that, do you watch like a movie from the 90s you think oh, like that was such a long time ago? I think that was a really old movie. Really? Cuz I was born in 91. So by the time this movie came out, I was already, you know, 14, about to be in high school. And I think everything from probably for me, everything in the eighties was like, okay, that's kind of old and something like was so long ago. But now looking back at stuff from the nineties, that's like how it is with you watching this movie. So with the new Disney movies that come out, how do you feel about them remake? Cause you said you like the classics. How do you feel about them remaking those with like live action? Well, it depends on what the movie is. I should have clarified that. So I saw Aladdin. Okay. Remake of it. Aladdin remake was good, but I think it also helps that they had a good cast. But then, when I saw like the Jungle Book remake, it was not nearly as good. Yeah, I did not like the Jungle Book remake. They left out parts in the old movie. It just I didn't feel great about it. I was half and half about some of the movie remakes. How do you feel? Did you watch The Lion King, the new one? Yes, I watched The Lion King. And have movie. you seen the original? Yes, the original blows the really remake out of the water. See, that kind of makes me happy to hear that someone your age would like the old ones better because I I grew up with those movies and. I think that has a big factor to play in why I like those more because those are the ones that I watched when I was a kid. But also I think the new ones just kind of lose the fun and it's like, okay, now I'm just watching them kind of a little more serious. It's more serious. And especially with like the new Mulan that's coming out, it looks like straight on full serious. It just looks like fighting. It looks like a (laughs) a superhero. So with sky high, what, what rating would you give it? I would watch it again, so 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, okay. Did you recognize anybody from the movie? Yeah, Kurt Russell. Really? So you know who Kurt Russell is? Yeah, he plays, a, what do you call it, Star-Lord's dad and a, what do you call it? Um, See, that's what, I, Galaxy. that's what I was wondering about, because he's an old-school actor. What other movie do you remember him from? Um, I'm trying to think. I saw him from Sky High, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Uh, who would you say is, like, the coolest actor right now with, like, people... You go to school with all your friends. Who is like the coolest actor? Like the biggest movie star that everybody talks about. Is there a person like that? Not really. I have mine who I like. There's one I always like. Okay, who's yours? I like Jason Statham a lot. R- Still Jason Statham. Uh, I lo- yeah, I it, like Jason Statham. Is it because of the Fast and Furious movies or like his it, other action? Meg, I like all his action movies. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know kids like Jason Statham. I think I like Jason Statham. What about everybody else? Like the cool. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's probably. Is I'm there a, te- a girl and a guy actress? I mean, a lot of people. I remember for the wild girls were talking about Emma Watson, mm-hmm. maybe The Rock. The Rock. Um, Is there any like teenage heartthrob out there right now? Oh, all the girls talk about Tom Holland. Oh, really? Yeah, Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the guy. What movie are you most excited for to come out? Come out? What do you call it? the Black Widow movie? Because mm-hmm. I like all superhero movies. Um, there was another movie coming out this um. In the winter time, I think it was um, the Doctor Strange two. Oh yeah, I don't know if that was for twenty twenty one or for twenty twenty, but I know that one was coming out in the next coming up year. I think it's now like twenty twenty two, so that'll be a minute. <laughs> that'll be a minute. So the Marvel stuff you're looking forward to? Yes, yeah, so I, I like Marvel movies a lot. 
Cool. Uh, anything else you felt you liked about this movie or wanted to say about it? No, I had overall. I thought the movie was overall good. I liked it a lot. I would watch it again. Nothing else I'd really like add on to it. Nice. Well, well, there you go. Your podcast debut, man. <laughs> hey, I, did, I thought I did pretty good. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out, dude. No problem. Later. All right. And that's the episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed this part of this series. Again, it's a four-part series. And if I haven't got to your region of the United States yet, go comment what your favorite movie is from your state. Uh, next week, I'll be doing the Midwest. So if you're from the Midwest or if you ever lived in the Midwest and you have a favorite movie from your state, hit up my Twitter at Mike Distro with the movie and the state. The tweet is pinned at the very top of my profile page. So you'll see that. Just hit a reply on that and get your movie picks in because I'm making my list now. Also, before I go, I got to give my shout out of the week. So how you get one of these is all you have to do is tag me on your Instagram story. Or send me a tweet that you're listening to the episode that week and just include a picture of wherever you're listening, whether it's a screenshot of your iPhone or the coolest, I think, are the pictures of your car dashboard with the artwork there on the little screen. I think that's the coolest. Or just send me a tweet at my distro, whatever episode you're listening to, and I'll give you a shout out in the next week's episode. So this week it is going to at Valerie Jean, who is actually a longtime listener of the podcast probably tags me in her Instagram story every single week. And I don't know how I've gone this long without giving you a shout out, but shout out Valerie for listening every single week to every single episode. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. And again, if you're new here, there's some cool episodes you can go back and listen to. One of my favorites I've probably done recently was with actor Sean Whalen from the movie Twister. If you're a fan of that movie, we sat and talked for about a good 30 minutes of all the behind the scenes of that movie and some other big movies he was in in the 90s. So go back and listen to that. I also had my friend Anthony from Carla Marie and Anthony on last week and also my co-worker and friend from the Bobby Bones show, Hillary, was on a couple episodes ago talking about the movie Palm Springs. So a bunch to check out here on the podcast if you're into movies and all these movie topics and a lot of stuff to check out here on the Nashville Podcast Network. I also produce a music podcast called The Bobby Cast. And sometimes we actually talk about movies over there, too. I get in on that. So music movies is usually what we cover there if I'm on talking about a topic. So a bunch to check out if you're looking for something else to listen to this week. And if not, well, I'll talk to you next Monday as long as you're subscribed. So I'll see you then. And until then, later. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.